Welcome to the Cosmetic Podcast. This podcast amplifies the topics you want to hear about. Cosmetic means being a person, a thing that gives rise to a phenomenon that is dynamic or energizing. Locally minded and locally focused. I'm Keith Benson. And I'm Rodrigo Ross. Today we're talking about closing the gap. You know, this corona uh, pandemic has forced widespread school closures in the United States. And it's really just unprecedented time of disruption for all K through 12 schools. At the time of this podcast, over 15 states and two U.S. territories have ordered, you know, recommended the school closures for the remainder of the year. You know, so what is going to be this dynamic impact that is going to be taking place, not only just for today, but also for years to come? You know, school closures due to the virus has impacted at least 124,000 public or and uh, private schools. You know, so when you total that all up, you're looking at about 55 million students. You know, there are at least 98,000 public schools. There's about 34,000 private schools in the U.S., you know, based on the National Center for Education Statistics. And so this impact, you know, is going to impact over 50 million public school students and about 5 million private school students. And, you know, the thing about it is I think the thing that's most unsettling is that no one was really prepared for it, right? Like it happened and it happened so quickly and it started to escalate much quicker than anyone anticipated. And so folks, you know, educators, parents, families were put into this dual position of not only on one hand, are you thinking through strategies to keep your your family safe, but then you're also thinking through, okay, this thing is not going to be just a weekend or just a week. Like we're looking at long-term implications. How do I continue to educate my children? And many school districts are struggling with the the distance and the virtual learning options. Yeah. And I mean, the schools had to get prepared for this um, in a very, very short period of time. And so a lot went to this, okay, what are we going to do now uh, talk about like this online. And so being in Dallas, you know, we're talking about one of the probably largest school districts in, in America. They had to all of a sudden come up with this plan to be able to do online. And so that sounds, you know, nice, you know, because it's 2020 and, you know, hey, quote unquote, everybody has a computer, quote unquote, everybody has Internet. Right. Well, they soon found out that, no, that's not true. And, you know, CNN did this article talking about this whole idea of homeschooling or virtual schooling. And one of the things that they amplified is that homeschooling is not regular schooling. And for as much as parents are attempting to recreate those environments, children are struggling with that um, because they know it's not school and, and the schedules are different and the lessons are different. And it's not, you know, your favorite teacher. It's mom. And you're used to having a certain dynamic with mom or dad or whoever the caregiver is. And so now you see lots of alternative um, learning opportunities being offered to parents, things that they can teach their children during this time to keep them learning, to keep them stimulated. That may not necessarily be the same types of things that they would have gotten in the classroom setting. And so when we talk about closing the gap, you know, there's this part of the haves and the have nots. It's right. so great that 
schools are able to give this technology to kids in the way of a laptop or either a tablet. But now we got to take that home and for the parent to be able to uh, be able to help the students. Now, I've, I've been talking to folks who are probably in the, I would say, the middle income, upper middle income um, area mm-hmm. uh, of living and they are struggling with, you know, their kids. And so then right. we get to parents who maybe not as as hands on with their kids um, when it comes to the homework all the time. You know, w- what is that like? Right. I mean, I, you know, I know sometimes with my own son, math is it's going to take me out. Math is what's going to be the thing that just takes me out above all the rest of this. It's going to be math because this baby is showing me stuff about how he learned to do math. And, I, and I'm just asking him, why don't you just carry the one? And he's looking at me like, what is carrying the one? And I'm like, well, what are you doing? And it's just the whole thing. And we just ended up making cupcakes like we just left the math alone because clearly neither one of us were going to be successful. And that's when I really had my aha moment like, wow, even if I wanted to, I don't even know if I'm the best prepared to be my child's teacher and and keep up with the things and how he was learning it uh, in the school setting. Right. I mean, you, you're talking with somebody like yourself who has a master's degree and then you're talking about, you know, hey, it's a challenge for you. Yeah. I mean, think about it from, you know, so many other different angles. It's like, you know, there was a reason that they made the show. Uh, Are you smarter than a fifth grader? Right. Right. Because yeah. clearly as adults, there's a whole lot that we have missed out on over these last few years. I don't think I am. And then, of course, you know, you have to deal with it. Well, maybe it's just my kid. You got to deal with the kid that's giving you this sly look like, ha I'm smarter than mom. It's like, yeah, no, you're not, kid. <laughs> you just don't know how to carry the one. But that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, so you got the carrying in the one, you got the math. Uh, but you know what? Before you can do all of that, you have to be able to even access the technology. And so right. many areas in our lower income communities, you know, Internet uh, is a is a problem. Absolutely. And so you you send this technology home with the kids and then, you know, hey, do you do you, do you even have Internet? Do you have a hotspot? And all the schools are not able to um, to be able to do anything with it. I know you've reached out to. Um, you reached out to some the internet provider here locally. Talk a little bit about what what you guys did there to help out students. Yeah, so we just wanted to talk with them and find out what programs or what plans did they have in place to not disrupt service. So if nothing else, parents could at least use their phones to stay connected. Because um, many of the parents that we deal with, they may have one tablet for the entire household that has multiple children and a parent, or they. They may not have any tablets or, or laptops. All they have is a smartphone. And, you know, those companies were, were very generous um, in making sure that we understood that no one's service would get disconnected. However, I still hear from lots of our families that they're very nervous that when this is all over, they're going to get this bill that is really um, astronomical and they don't know how they're going to pay for it. And that's causing some levels of stress as well. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm just concerned as we talk about during the summertime, we talk about the summer slide. Yeah. And now, you know, for right now, that's being extended. And so this is yes, the summer. There's some learning that's going on through these tablets or through the laptop with this online. Um, but it still is a high concern on how are people truly learning during this time? Yeah. Um, 
and that that has me that has me nervous right now. Um, and so not just for the impact now that we're going into summer, but now we're talking about this potential for kids to be not just the three months behind during the summer, but mm-hmm. now that could be upwards to to five months, six months behind when they start back school in the fall. Yeah. So the Brookings Institute actually did some research on the whole idea of learning loss. Um, And they came up with between the uh, years of 2008 and 2012, they they studied over a half a million students from the second grade through the ninth grade. And they found out that kids on average lose about 25 to 30 percent of their school year learning over the summer. And additionally, black and Latino kids lose more than that. And so when you add this summer learning loss, because I'm hearing that at least locally, many of the school districts are not thinking to come back in the summer and pick up where they left off. They'll still, you know, have a summer break and may offer some other, you know, um, ideas or or things to help families. But when you think about that 25 to 30 percent of what students may lose over the summer. And then you add it to this extended break that the COVID-19 crisis is causing. You know, that's a lot of loss for students. And and imagine those in your upper grades who are trying to graduate, who are trying to get into college. This could really be a stressful time for them. Yeah, you know, it's another population there within the student body that is going to be hindered a lot, too. It's those individuals with uh, disabilities or, you know, other special populations that remain to be missing out um, right now because school districts already have shortage on funding as it relates to that population already. And now you got this situation where, again, the parent has to step in here to be able to provide that education to help these young people move along. You know, that's going to be challenging in in itself. You know, and again, that's a Ah, man, you know, my heart just goes out to to parents right now, to teachers out there, teachers who are wanting to be with their students, seeing yeah. a lot of creative things that teachers are doing to try to help close the gap. I mean, I've heard of school districts um, kind of having this mini parade of the teacher through the communities. And then I hear about students posting up signs for the teachers as they ride yeah. past the house. Yeah, yeah. You know, practicing that social distance to be able to give them homework um, and even also just just to say hi. It's very interesting to see how people are trying trying to come together to make sure that, you know, our students get the education that they need during this time. Absolutely. And, you know, one thing I know for sure is that even though, you know, this was unintended and definitely not planned for, I do feel like that educators and administrators are going to be much different um, after this. And I think the way that um, children are taught and the idea of schooling and learning things at home with parents and learning things in school and the tools that we use are going to be very different. I think this is going to force folks to kind of unwrap some of those innovative thought patterns and, and really look at some of the inequities that exist in many of our systems and people are going to be better off um, when this is all said and done. At least that's my prayer. I hope that's that's what happens. Yeah, no, you know, some of the key things that I think school districts should try to look at and that's educators that are out there also is to make sure during this time they're providing this clear, centralized, regular communication to the, all, all the families, you know, so 
teachers that are, who may be listening in, educators who may be listening in, make sure that our families are getting that clear communication that we stand connected um, with them. Um, then also, you know, a biggie is also try to meet those students' immediate needs. Uh, when we talk about those immediate needs, you know, we talk about things like um, food, providing food for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've done a lot of that uh, food distribution with uh, in partnership with some of our schools. Um, I'm glad to hear that Dallas ISD is helping out with that. So on Mondays and Tuesdays, Mondays and Thursdays, they're providing food for them for multiple days um, at a time. Yeah. Um, able to help uh, help them meet meet those needs. Um, and then it's also to you know the school districts, you know, working closely with other agencies to ensure students at home, you know, are are safe. Um, yeah. And, and providing in those essential essential needs there because we got to make sure that there's an equitable process in this all um, so that students are getting the learning that they that they need to get um, yeah. and then because there's a long term impact that's going to have with this is absolutely that, yeah and that's going to be for years yeah ten years from now what is this impact going to have on our on our society as as a whole yeah well this has been an amazing subject um, and more to come. Um, we're hoping that everyone out there is listening, is staying safe um, and staying healthy. And thank you for listening to Cosmetic. Where our conversations are global. Globally minded and locally focused. Check us out on ymcadallas.org slash cosmetic. And as always, stay dynamic. Stay energized. Stay cosmetic. <laughs>